Hey guys, it's Mike. A uh, couple of housekeeping items to touch on before we start the podcast. This won't take more than 30 to 60 seconds, but um, this episode that you're listening to right now is full-on free. Listen to the entire thing. Um, enjoy it, please. Take the advice. Heed the advice. Win your leagues with it, uh, by all means. But uh, the subsequent episodes uh, will be on our Patreon page. Um, I'll put a little bit of a preview on this feed so you can listen to some of it and maybe get some, uh, some nuggets to use out of it. But the full versions of action is the juice will be on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash action is the juice. Again, patreon.com slash action is the juice where full episodes will be posted. Um, yeah, after seven years, you know, I thought, uh, might as well make a little money off this thing. Um, and we put a lot of effort into it and I think it is a real resource for people to listen. So, um, if you don't mind, uh, jumping on board and being with us all season, I'm going to post rankings and update them. And we're going to do something, at least one episode each week, uh, to keep you up to date. I roll with you, Neil, whatever. Whatever. No, not on this one, Michael. On this one, you're on your own. You figure this is the best thing to do. This is the best thing to do. I got plans. I'm going away after. So for me, the reward is maybe worth the stretch. But Elaine takes good care of you. You got plenty put away. You got T-bonds, real estate. If I were you, I would be smart. I would cut loose of this. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. My day is 6 a.m. to noon, and I'm not crazy. You're crazy for thinking it takes 24 hours, just like some dude in a cave did 300 years ago. My second day starts at noon and goes till 6 p.m. That's day two. And then the next day is 6 p.m. to midnight. What I've done now is I have changed and manipulated time. 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 The action is the juice. It's machine. It's fits. This is going to be our running back preview for our running back rankings one through twelve. So top twelve running backs for each of us. We're going to go back and forth and uh, kind of review our lists and see where we sync up, which guys got completely left off because this is pretty difficult this year, at least. Uh, from from my my seat over here of trying to stack these guys up and see who gets left off as that thirteenth running back, um, and then yeah, if you're just completely leaving somebody off that you really really believe in but uh, can't quite make it there to drafting over your guy at eleven or twelve, um, it's tough. It's tough this season. Um, at least that later in running back. So uh, interesting exercise here for the running back position um i will give you the floor since you are the guest well thank you sir uh well running back has always been near and dear to my heart it's the first thing i've ever really the first thing i cared about when looking at fantasy football and quickly realizing that's the way that's the ticket that was that's always been the ticket to winning now this year's a bit of a bit of an outlier like i'm really eyeballing wide receivers and figuring out what i'm gonna when that when it falls off a cliff because there's Actually, as, as we've discussed, there's plenty of running backs later that you can nab. So getting the one right uh, in the in the first pick, uh, whether it's the first or second round, 
is crucial. And that's what we're going to try to help you navigate with here. Uh, you know, the, the top of it is typically usually some concoction of the same four guys. And then you'll get your outliers of people that like Bijan. So I'm curious to know where you'll end up landing on it. My number one is a little bit different than what most people have had in this Austin Eckler. Eckler, as we know, finished number one last year. He was third running back the year before. Um, and obviously, you got, we got Kevin, Kellen Moore calling the plays, and people are wondering if the touchdown volume, um, I think he's got 18 and then 20, two, mm-hmm. two past years, if that can keep up. Um, the one thing I will say is that Kellen Moore, uh, the offense in Dallas last year, was fourth in pace of play. Chargers were fifth, so there's not going to be any fall off there. And... You know, the offensive line is went from 8th to 10th in the preseason rankings. So, again, pretty much the same thing. You're going to have pretty much the same line. you got the same quarterback. you got the same basic collection of skill you know, position uh, players, you know, just adding uh, Quentin Johnson to that. Um, and the reason I have him over my number two, uh, McCaffrey, uh, you know, we're splitting hairs here, but, um, you know, McCaffrey, the schedule has gotten tougher. We mentioned that in the last podcast with Chuck that the – they had gone from uh, 26 to third after the trade in rushing efficiency last year, which is which is great once they made the trade. But the schedule of rush defenses goes from 30th to about average, uh, and you know they have some O line issues in San Francisco now. Shanahan's always been able to kind of navigate with whatever he's had in front of him, but this is one of the worst lines that he had uh, since he's been the coach there. So uh, when you're splitting hairs about you know between first and second running back. You know, it's it's hard to decide, but you're in the draft room and you got number one. You need to know these things. So uh, those are the reasons. Uh, off, the, you know, the, the first kind of knee jerk reactions why I have Eckler um, comfortably uh, for me at, at one. I just haven't been able to see a, a good reason why McCaffrey should be above him. But I'm curious to know what you have up there. Yeah, I mean, Eckler doesn't scare me off. Like I'm not one of those people that are like ageists and like say you hit this wall at this certain age, but I mean, I think the change in coordinator, yes, Kellen Moore, I think we all believe is a very good offensive coordinator. Uh, he might have bigger ideas in terms of like not running Eckler into the ground during the regular season and just saying like, yeah, that's great. Your usage has been pretty cool, but it obviously hasn't worked out to us getting to the playoffs a lot of the times. Um, and just banking on 18 or 20 touchdowns, I think, which is buoyed him and that's an that's an outlier that's that on the plot on the graph chart like is way over there right top right um on the graph so i think banking on that again at the age that he's at kind of scares me a little bit not enough to like you know dunk him down too far but my number one for this season for and we're talking half ppr in this situation um because that's you know it's not standard it's not ppr it's right in the middle which it's probably the truest form for a running back. The truest test, I think, is half PPR because it does involve them in the passing game, but does lean a little bit more into, okay, rushing yards matter. Just a touch bit more, and touchdowns do as well. Um, number one for me, I'm putting Bijan up there. Whoa. I, think, I think we're about to do it anyway. I think everyone's going to be slapping themselves in the face because it's, it's right there in front of everyone, man. He's the seventh overall pick, I believe to one of the best rushing attacks in the league. They don't really have a lot of other guys that can consistently demand the ball. 
I mean, you might say Pitts, and I'm going to tell you, like, yeah, they haven't done a great job of getting him the ball. And it's the same head coach, right? Like, the quarterback changed for sure, but I just don't know what's changed about Atlanta wanting to run the piss out of the football. And this is the most talented back, I think, since Derrick Henry that Arthur Smith has had. And I might argue more talented than Derrick Henry. It's just mm. usage that puts Derrick Henry over the top of at least track record thus far. And I, I just want to be ahead of the curve. Like, I want to take the guy that's going to be the next thing, not the one that might be on the fade. You know what I mean? And not that Eckler or McCaffrey necessarily are. I just, I think we're going to be slapping ourselves like week five. Like, they were telling us he's the best, best situation and best running back in football. And we just didn't, we just really didn't want to listen. Um, so I'll be John one. It, we've, we, you know, we were talking about it like before we fired it up is the one thing about Bijan is that, you know, it's a shockingly high price for mm-hmm. a rookie. We haven't seen it before. Um, and now the offensive line is good. I mean, yeah. that's the, that's the plus for him and he does catch the ball of the backfield. So it makes sense that he's going in the first round. And I, you know, I, when I started hearing about it and I, you know, reading into the offensive line, I'm like, yeah. And the draft capital. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I, you know, then I'm hearing people like you first three picks, you know, I'm like, geez, I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, I can understand it, but it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, it, what, the main concern I have, it, it's not that he's a rookie. It's not that we, I mean, you know, if you watch them at Texas, you see you see the talent. It's clear. It's very evident. I don't think he's generational. I've heard people mention that. It's like, okay, wait, hang on. <laughs> we use that term once in a generation. He's right. not that level. He's not better than Christian McCaffrey. He, you yeah. know, he's not quite that good. But you're right. The situation lends for it to be a very high draft pick. It's the uh, concern for me is I just don't know if their offense overall is good enough to, to have an RB1 overall i just don't know if it's quite there um but i'm not saying it's not in the cards either i mean i get it the the concerns about that kind of get nullified by like the obvious answer to what the best player in their football team is like it's Bijan. that that's who it is like you can say drake london you can say kyle pitts i know uh-uh where in the other situations like the 49ers can win a game with Christian McCaffrey hardly doing shit. Yep. They can. They did last year, right? The Chargers might be a different animal where they definitely need Eckler to contribute to win a game, but I don't know once Kellen Moore gets his hands on it. Like, the the opportunity, the touch rate, the share of the backfield, like, my little exercise I'm going to put everybody through uh, here at some point of, like, okay, rate on a scale of 1 to 5, rate the player's talent. The opportunity, which in running back means carries, do they throw to him? Uh, and then uh, situation, right? Is the offensive line good? Is it a good offense? All three of those categories, like, he's a five out of five. Well, the last one I would debate on that, but yeah. Well, the offensive line, I think, weighs more to me than does... If it's an average or even, like, lower... If it's... I don't know if it's a fucking 15 to 25 offense. I think you can survive as long as it's not just like the worst offenses. Oh no. <laughs> and I'm not saying they are. And I, and, and it's been shockingly 
um, impressive, like how yeah, good they, they can run the ball. when they don't have a threat of a passing game. Yeah. And that's the thing that's, you know, th- that's where I was like, okay, I get, I get that first round capital and mm-hmm. I get why you know, I have, you know, eighth or whatever, um, eighth or ninth is typically where I'd see what I'd be comfortable taking at, taking them at in a draft. Um, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, and I'm, and I'm looking at, I'm like how I couldn't possibly put him in front of a guy like Nick Chubb personally because of, We've seen it before with that line, and Nick Chubb is just—I'm sorry, but he's a better running back than Bijan overall. Like talent-wise, he's just better, I think. But you know, maybe not catching the football though. Maybe not catching the football and a, and a half PPR—it does count. We'll see how much uh, better running diff- back. The difference maybe not be. better offensive weapon overall. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen Bijan and. He, he, every now and then he throw up a stinker, and you just, I don't I don't understand how this is happening. Now that might be pill popping. Steve Sarkeesian was the problem, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean I I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong. I'm not going to pull that trigger on draft day, but I understand why you're doing it. And I, like we talk about with a lot of situations, they are extremely incentivized yes, to make this work for sure. Like. If you get out of the season, like you can do a lot of shit wrong, but if you make Bijan Robinson a fucking superstar and he rushes for fifteen hundred yards and catches sixty balls this season, I think your owner is going to be like, "Oh yeah, that thing you told me to get at draft day." Like now it's like a really big thing, and he's like flirting. He's offensive rookie of the year and flirting with like MVP talk. Like, I mean, they just need. They really need to make it work. For Arthur Smith to keep his job, they need Desmond honestly. Ritter to be at least half decent quarterback. Too. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, long term, if you want to look long term view of what Atlanta is going to be next year, like that's not going to be the same team if they are as mediocre and close to being bad as I think we think they are. Like that's going to have a, they're going to do quarterback, whether it's rookie or vet, bring in somebody so. If you're looking long-term at Bijan, like, he's right behind Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Like, it's those three dudes in, like, long-term dynasty leagues that you can't get your hands on. You just can't. You can't pay enough. You can't. Um, So he's my one, and I I think – I I would just like to be ahead of it. These other dudes are older. One of them's going to fall off. One of them's going to hit the wall. Like, I don't know if it's – CMC, Eckler, or Chubb, one of them is going to run face plant directly into the wall, I think. And that might not mean like, for, there's such good players that it's not going to mean like 800 rushing yards and like these, these abysmal numbers, but it's going to be the beginning of the end, I think. Who do you get two? Two, I have CMC. Christian McCaffrey's my two. Um, yeah, I mean, when he's right, which. He's never going to like touch those Carolina years, I don't think, just because they were bad. He was the entire offense, passing and rushing and scoring touchdowns, um, where no one's going to eclipse that like 25-point-per-game kind of plateau that he lived on for a minute there. Um, went healthy. I don't think anybody's going to get there, but he can be like 80% of that, I think, in this 49ers offense, and they'd use they'd – Proved they were going to get their worth out of him whenever he was there last year. 
like just like immediately, like week one almost. <laughs> like it was impressive. I, yeah. I think I was just like, oh, maybe this is like, hey, I'm gonna show you my toy, <laughs> yeah. Shanahan, yeah. and everybody beware. But uh, you went, you mentioned, you know, Eckler, and then making the playoffs and, and sort of backing off a little bit during the usage. Um, I could see that happening with Christian McCaffrey in this scenario. I mean, they got talent behind him. They always mm-hmm. do in San Francisco. Um, because they're they've been they keep making the playoffs now with the with the Chargers. I maybe they I I could argue that they maybe they hadn't done enough to make the playoffs and uh, get there and then and then you know or they what get to the first round and 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 flame out. So um uh yeah, I mean again like all the stuff I said about McCaffrey, I hear you. Uh I do you have Chubb at 3 or you or you got I him, don't. you got him further down? I don't. Who you got 3? Three? 3 is Josh Jacobs. Okay. I like it. Age is not a concern. He nope. was the RB1 last year. Uh, the situation has not changed. Like, if you look at, if you stack him up against this collection of guys, um, I guess void of Tony Pollard, who's, what, 26, I think? Or maybe a little bit older than that. Um, I'll have to click on Tony okay. Pollard's name and figure that out. Um, all of them have the age concern. And it's not that, like, everybody that hits this age apex is going to, like, just fall to the earth it's that it's a bad bet to consistently make 26 yeah and josh jacobs is not close to that necessarily i mean he's 25 and just what's changed you know what i mean like someone shows you they're the rb1 that they can catch 50 balls a year that they can use that workload i guess there are like a couple seasons in there of like bad ball overall just like yards per carry concern and shit like that. That wasn't with the same head coach. No. It wasn't with the same situation. And so if I'm betting just overall who I think I truly believe is going to be there for me as a running back week 10 when I'm trying to like win the last three games to get the one seed or like trying to push for the playoffs, like Bijan, CMC, Josh Jacobs are my guys like right now. Like, that's top three. The rest have their own kind of, like, little bit of uh, red flags, just like, a, just like a touch. It's not, you know, they're top five running backs is what we're talking about. It's not like I'm saying these guys suck. It's just I feel a little bit more confident in those guys. I got Jacobs at five, uh, which is still currently well ahead of the market, I think. Uh, you know, I love Jacobs. I mean, he, you know, he catches the ball. I've loved him since college. I mean, we talked about him on the first podcast. He's, he's kind of everything you want in an RB. He doesn't really have any threats to his touches. Like I said, he catches. He's uh, a focal point of their offense. He's getting all the goal line touches. He's very. He's been pretty durable, even though he's been nicked up quite a bit in his career. He's playing through a lot of shit. He's just, you know, he is that dude. You know, I love Josh Jacobs. Um, their offensive line is actually. Let's see where we have him in our little uh, list here. Mm-hmm. Above where they were last year. Last year they were teetering on the last five, and he still figured out a way to be the rushing champion. He's they're sixteen, tied for sixteen with the Niners. Um, in the overall um, consensus offensive line ranking. So I have him at five, and I mentioned Chubb earlier. He's my third. So Eckler, McCaffrey, Chubb. Chubb, for me, is as reliable as it gets. Talk about having uh, the same thing. I mean, he is. He had different offensive coordinator last year, and it did not matter. He uh, he is the he. he, You know, you know when you're watching Cleveland Browns, they're going to have top three offensive line, and they have the last three or four years. And they got what I think probably pound for pound in terms of just straight up, you know, running back talent running through the 
you know, between the tackles, he's the best running back in the NFL. So he, and there's talk of him getting more, you know, third down work this year, which is, I love They They have no reason to hold back. You know, uh, Chubb is, is as reliable as it gets. He's the most talent, talented running back, you know, running the football. Uh, so I, I think, you know, fading him any, fading him like I've seen some people do, like at the end of the first round is really just absolute stupidity to me. Um, but, but so I'll go three, four, and I said Jacobs. My fourth is Saquon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Saquon again does it all. It's just a little bit of offensive line concerns for me this year, which is why I don't have him a little further uh, or higher up on the list. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, who doesn't love Saquon? I was. We were both pretty high on him last year. I loved him last year. He, he was a year removed from an ACL, and people were not taking that in consideration. They're yeah. looking at his stats after the ACL year and. Which is just so stupid to me. Like, follow as long as he's not showing signs of recovering from uh, you know a year from the ACL, you you should really just act like they're completely healthy. And so you got a discount on him last year, and if you did, you probably won your league or it came close to it. So Saquon is four for me. I don't see them going away from using him the way they did last year. Um, and again, the pass catching volume is is always going to be there with him. Um, what do you who do you have three and four? Uh, Jacobs was three, right, and yeah. then four was uh, Eckler, um, basically for the concerns that we just a little bit of just a little bit of I can see like the the crack in the door there of like why Eckler doesn't fall off, but just isn't that elite elite production. Um, and the only concerns I have for 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 Jacobs to put a bow on that one is uh, if they're playing with a freaking juco quarterback at some point or if he gets hurt and is like i got my one-year deal guys i'm not playing through injury like fuck y'all we had a we had a contract standoff and i got my whatever amount he got and if i'm a little bit dinged up nope i'm not going out there and playing through this ankle sprain you know what i mean um because there's just like a lot lot of weird stuff going on with (laughs) the running back position right now um but that's the only concern with Jacobs. It's not performance for me. It's not opportunity. And it's not situation. It's not talent, right? Um, Eckler at four for me. I feel pretty comfortable taking him there. Um, I don't know how often he'll get there. Um, if I'm drafting strictly by my rankings and tiers, but I think there's some drafts that might happen. Um, but I, I the reasons I mentioned earlier... Um, and then five on my list, uh, which is the end of like that very top tier of guys that I think can be just like insane this season because of the combination of catching the football and there is nobody else I think that needs to touch the ball out of this backfield. Um, it's Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. He's five for me. I got him six. Yeah, it's it seems like an obvious one for me, and I. The more you can get him at the end of the first, early second, like take that money. Why the fade? I don't know. I don't know. I think people are just hesitant. They just haven't seen something before. So it's ankle. That yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. Um, really good offense. Gonna get the majority of the touches at the running back position. Can catch balls. Like man, when he took over for Zeke last year, it was it was nuts, man. It was like plus twenty five points. A lot of those games, yeah, they might spell him a little bit and like try to keep him fresh, but goal line touches. He's still got to win. It's gonna be tough, man. 
It's going to be tough. How about like, the goal line touches? That's the one yeah. thing that he really didn't get a ton of last year. I would imagine yeah. he's getting those this year. I would think so, yeah. I almost feel like six isn't high enough. Yeah, and it's it's always... For me. Week zero, it's always really easy to go, yeah, let's save this guy for the playoffs or let's limit him to 18 touches a game or whatever your like long view is. And then you get in a game and you're down five with three minutes left. And I got to get this fucking game. And you're telling me Tony Pollard's not going to go out there? I'm gonna I'm gonna put Deuce Vaughn in there to finish this game out for us. I mean, like, I, I, mean I like Deuce Vaughn, but yeah. I, no, I agree with you. Wait, wait, what you're saying? Yeah, it's just not it's not a thing that's gonna happen. So uh, that's my top five: um, Bijan, CMC, Jacobs, Eckler, Pollard, um, and that's kind of the end of that. I, that that's where a tier separates for me. I'm assuming Saquon is right there for you coming up. Uh, the next tier is Chubb. Saquon and Ramondre. Oh yeah, nice Ramondre. I've got yeah. Saquon at four. Um, I've already talked about him, um, and then Jacobs, and then Pollard, and then Bijan. So go in, fill me in uh, what you like about each guy coming up. Chubb, I think you. I mean, I think we've seen it over and over. It's it's the fifteen hundred rushing yards, or you know, somewhere between thirteen hundred and fifteen hundred. Um, Going to get the touchdowns. Uh, gonna be consistent, except for that one year he got hurt. Um, it's just the lack of catches, I think, that is concerning. And I get this creeping like feeling that I just don't know how good Deshaun's gonna be. Like I think we're all kind of like banking on Deshaun being a top ten quarterback in football again. And I'm like, reports have been very bad, and he's looked like ass. And so if we're just right back into Baker land or Jacoby Brissett land, like that just caps how many opportunities you're going to get on the other side of the 50 yard line for Nick Chubb to rip off that 40 yard touchdown. Um, but the opportunity is different than it's ever been. And that's why he's, you know, kind of touching the top five for me when previous years he wasn't. Whenever he was splitting with Kareem Hunt, I was like, right, this is maddening. <laughs> like, I hate this. Um, that's totally true, though. That's a big factor here, and and yeah. that's the thing we all were like kind of afraid of Nick Chubb, uh, and now that's not there. And look, the quarterback play hasn't been good, so how is there going to? I don't I don't see there being much of a fall off, if any. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just another reason to to believe in him this year. I think he would. He finished six last year in average points per game for uh, running back. So Dumb. I don't see that dipping really much at all. I don't see why it would. Um, I think he's just very he's in, in, the epitome of safe mm-hmm. when it comes to fantasy. In the first round, that really, really matters. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then uh, Saquon's seven for me. I'm just can't figure out why I'm not super excited. I'm just not really. Um, Does that line scare you? The line scares me. The one the, of the, There's six worst on this one. Yeah, the line scares me. The I think the offense will be collectively okay but I don't know I think there's a difference to me in having like a tight end that's supposed to be good and then an outside receiver that's supposed to be good for a defense to defend and I just don't think like I think they can still stack the box on him like Dayball can definitely can piece drives together and get you points but I don't know I feel like it's still gonna be like a freaking knife fight 
to have a very consistent, productive offense. And maybe they overachieved last year. And maybe it's not going to be all just like fucking magic. Like everyone thinks it's going to happen in year two of Dable and Daniel Jones. And it's the line doesn't, isn't promising Saquon's situation like Josh Jacobs also worries me if you get dinged a little bit and he's way more prone to be being dinged than Josh Jacobs that it's a, yeah, this is a, sprained ankle that should take me two weeks i'm gonna take four you know what i mean just so i'm right um and so it it's just a guy that i've kind of like soured on over the years i guess saquon it just seems like a, a bet a ticket that just like catches on fire in your hand more than it doesn't so i had uh you went pollard six Bijan seven and then uh <laughs> then i got to eight and then it's when it gets kind of a little weird. And I, I had, I'm like, okay, how how long can we fade Derrick Henry? So I got him, <laughs> at, I got him at eight behind Bijan, which I know way behind what you had Bijan at. But Henry is uh, got the consensus worst offensive line in front of him. If if people are out there wondering why Henry's not being taken top three overall, that's that's really it. I mean, mm-hmm. in this age, but other than that, I mean, look, the dude kind of faded that. I mean. <laughs> Talk about bucking trends last year. He had one of the you know bottom five offensive lines last year, and he damn near won the rushing title. I mean, that's how good this dude is still. Um, yep. But they also <laughs> fire their offensive coordinator after a year like that. So when you're doing something that's not efficient, you're about to get fired. And so I don't I don't see them ramming their head against the wall as many times they did last year with Derrick Henry. They've got to change something up, which is why they went out and got Nuke um, to go along with Traylon Burks instead of aging Julio Jones that did nothing last year. So they're trying to, they're trying to, you know, as we talked about, like you people, humans, <laughs> if they want to succeed, they have to grow and they got to change what they're doing, which is, you know, I think it's smart to assume that, or at least to bet on um, Tennessee changing up just enough to where their offense can succeed. And succeeding is not running your running back into the, you know, defensive line for 3.1 yards a carry or whatever it was way below uh, Henry's, um, you know, career average. Yeah. I, he's gotten hurt the last two years. I just don't know. I don't know. It feels like it's just like everyone's sitting around waiting for him to get hurt. And yeah, he is a hammer whenever he does play, but I don't, I just don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about taking Derrick Henry, like, unless it's like at an extreme value. Yeah. And so that's kind of like where, where I have him ranked is like at where it would be at a value for me. Or if I can just like, I don't know, for some reason I'm going RBRB or, um, it just slides into that range where I just like, like players around him that are being drafted in that area. I just like them more. I do too. I do you know too. I mean? And I mean, I mean, look at it. Twenty ninth on um, running back EPA on first down. Mm-hmm. The dude finished third in fantasy football points per game for running yeah. backs. It's just it doesn't make sense. And you're like, okay, what does that up? Yeah. And then they showed you because they fired their coordinator. And and uh, yes, I'm the same way. I look at him and I'm just I can't pull the trigger on him. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, it's probably you know I see the I, I at that point I'm probably going wide receiver. Um, and that's really why I have him eighth, and there's definitely a drop off from Bijan to Henry for me. And you had yep. another name in there in front of him, right? Yeah, I had Ramondre at eight. So that second tier, I have uh, Chubb, Barkley, Ramondre, um, and 
Ramondre, I mean, people might be scared off by Zeke. I don't know. Um, but Ramondre's so freaking good, man. <laughs> like, way better than I ever anticipated him being. Um, and I think if you want, like, that true RB1 that is going, that doesn't have health concerns, that gets the touches, that's also productive when they do it, and on, like, an average offense, it's just like all the stuff with Josh Jacobs just turned out to, like, an 8 instead of, like, a 10 to me. Where he gets the ball through the air. He's going to get the touches. He's also a beast. Um, it just, I don't have any major, like, red flags. I just really don't. No, he, I mean, heck, he caught 69 balls last year. Yeah. That's pretty remarkable. And, and he's a big dude. Oh, yeah. You know, the fact that he's catching that many balls is, is huge. I mean, he was their offense. He was their offense last year. Like, Mac Jones had no answers. They had nothing working through the air. Like, it was just like Jacoby Myers would get like 75 yards a game, and they would be lucky to pass for like 200 in a tutty. And it was just Ramondre, man. And he, and I think Damian Harris is every bit as, uh, you know, he, like he ate into some of his touches yeah. last year. I don't see Zeke doing much more than Damian Harris did this at this point of his career. Zeke is, when they didn't pay him very much, first of all, to come in. So Yeah, his, his contract, the reporting on it was... Uh, agent friendly i would say where it's like actually it's just half of that money and they can get rid of them pretty easily Mm -hmm. but i mean i don't know they didn't have great depth behind ramondre so it's like okay yeah you need a guy if ramondre gets hurt to do 80 to 60 percent of what he does knows how to pass protect Mm-hmm. can plunge into the goal line if we need him to. Yeah. But he's not going to replace not him. Not competition. No. I don't think in any way. It's not. And I and I think that's sort of why there's a bit of discount for some stupid mm-hmm. reason. I think his stock has kind of fallen a yeah. little bit. I think that's the wrong read to think that Zeke is going to cut into anything Ramondre's doing. Like, I just... I'd, I agree. That'd be bad coaching. I mean, laughed at it, actually. Yeah, that'd be very bad coaching. And... Maybe he doesn't catch seventy balls like last year, but he's if he's hovering around fifty man and he's getting that backfield share, and he's the same dude. Which I mean, he's ascending. He got better as the season got on. I, I don't have a negative for Ramondre Stevenson, except for people are just a little weirded out by Patriots running backs and the offense isn't as good, and, and yeah. they potentially are facing uh, a top five schedule of, of defenses this year, which is the only really reasons to fade him. Which you know, all legitimate concerns, but um, no, I mean I have him eleven, but uh, these you know the next handful of guys are all sort of interchangeable to me. Maybe maybe Kenneth Walker <laughs> is not quite interchangeable with the other three, but yeah, Mixon, uh, Gibbs. Detroit uh, and Ramondre, that's my uh, 9, 10, 11 in that order. I, we've talked at length about Mixon many times uh, through the years. I just, you know, he's still still the starting running back on a top five offense who's going to now get probably every goal line carry still, and he's going to catch balls out of the backfield. And uh, I think, uh, you know, you take out the five touchdown crazy game, spike game last year that he had. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to do that many times this year, but I also don't think the rest of the season is going to be the same as the this entire season. I think he's his efficiency his numbers are going to go up just a little bit. Their schedule's getting a little, you know potentially a little bit easier. I think they're going to be fine using him, um, especially with the contract they gave him. Wow, I mean, four million dollar discount per year uh, on this one. 
um, or at least for this year. So I, I'm I'm fine with Mixon. I don't know why the it seems like the market's really kind of down on him. Um, totally fine with him. I love it. Still think he's plenty talented, and uh, he I've seen him do it before. So I got him nine. He's he's a good test of um, ADP or actual draft versus ranks. Because I think you look at him on paper and you're like, yeah, that's fine. Like he could be an RB one, and if I have him as my RB two, like I'm stealing at some point. Or if he's my you know backstop at the RB one position, if I take something else the first two rounds. But then you have to look at him in relation to who's going around him. And a lot of times, I think people are liking the players that are going around Joe Mixon more than they're liking the idea of Joe Mixon. And so it's kind of the Derrick Henry thing. It's like, there's nothing really wrong with him that is, you know, screaming at me to avoid. But I just get more excited about the guys going around him. He caught more balls than Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard. And Samaje's gone. Aaron Jones, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I didn't. Alvin Kamara. Uh, they've they've uncomfortably handcuffed themselves to Joe Mixon. They really have, like, yeah. And I mean, dude, the guys. I don't think it's in their best interest to be doing it this way, but it's what they're doing. Well, I mean, if you're going to get a here. discount like that, yeah, it's it's to me a no brainer. I mean, yeah. when they're going for it, and you're yeah, still it kind of feels like last Burrow's year rookie. going for it. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 Burrow's rookie deal, and then we all know that means okay, well, let's go for it. It's T Higgins, I think, is last year on his uh, his deal. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. Got to redo that one, yeah. Yeah, this is it. This is their, this is between them and the Bills. They're both seriously going for it this year, and, and it's kind of I don't know. Feels like maybe a collision course between those two teams at some point. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna use Mixon a ton this year. So I almost kind of wonder if he's not being severely undervalued now. Looking at those you know catch numbers, um. And again, he had a huge spike week last year that vaulted him into the top ten and fantasy points per game. He was number eight overall last year. Um, and then, uh, I have Gibbs at 10, mm-hmm. just ahead of Ramondre for me. I have my, so my nine, 10, 11, 12 is Gibbs, Etienne, Henry, Mixon. Mm. Etienne. All right. I need you to talk me into Etienne cause I just do not believe in him. Uh, I mean, I'm not like, he's obviously 10th for me. Yeah. Um, that's very high from, you know, where I have him. Yeah, I don't know if that's high compared. I mean, I guess it is a little bit, but like if you take Najee off this list, it's not for uh, the rankings I'm looking at. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of hedging for the fact that maybe I'm not entirely like having figured out. Like I, he's a huge. He's got a lot of question marks for me, and I'm looking at. I think this is going to be a good offense. I know he's a breakaway rusher, like giant chunks of yards. I can't make quite sense of why they took Tank Bigsby unless they just needed a you know an adult at running back to back up Etienne. Doug Peterson. Yeah, I keep hearing he's going to catch more balls, which has kind of been a little um, underwhelming thus far. But I just think like he. I think he's going to be a star at at least for stretches of the year. I don't know if it's the entire thing, but I'm seeing like 
either a hot start for Etienne or there's going to be some weeks where he scores 20 and he gets some balls through the air. I just think they're going to be a good offense and he's just a good enough running back. Um, I just don't want to miss out on at least some exposure to him. And to do that, I have to have him ranked somewhere around there. <laughs> like you can't get him otherwise. Yeah. That's it's It's just that it's, it's too hot for me. I mean, like yeah. I don't see him finishing at the top five RB, no way. And it's like, do I want to pay that kind of price third round for him when I think he should be more like a fifth round guy? You know, I mean, look, he could pop, but I, there's just, like you said, they drafted a guy second round. We'd say yes. Uh, third, third, third maybe, round. I think tank was in the third, tank, yeah. third round. And, and they still got Snoop Connor, who I really liked in the preseason last year, who they could, you know, if they were smart, I think he'd be the guy that they'd use in the, on the, near the goal line. Um, I like what I saw Tank Bigsby last year, and I, it, I, it just gives me those vibes of Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, let's just run fucking four guys, and because they want a title that he won a title that way. I just, I, and I see the talent levels with all these guys. They're all different kind of running backs, but they're not really. There's nobody who, to me, separates. Mm-hmm. And for me to assume that Travis Etienne is going to load up on two two hundred plus two hundred fifty plus carries, I think it's just it's really not a smart bet. So I, I don't have him on my top twelve. So I you know I, I was actually a little surprised by that. I, I thought you might have Kenneth Walker three. Or, well, if if in there we had to do top twelve, if I was doing this tier, there's probably like two or three guys in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, the tier of nine through probably 13, 14 mm-hmm. is a tier in itself as opposed to where we're ending at 12 where like, you know, Walker gets in there and uh, who was killing? Oh, Brees was killing me to leave out. Um, so, I mean, there's guys that could jump ET in pretty easily, right? And it's kind of fluid. You don't want to take the guy at the top of a tier necessarily unless you just truly believe in that guy. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm... I'm looking at Etienne's numbers, and I'm like, the five yards per carry is, is nice. The 220 carries as a rookie or in first full year is pretty nice. I think we're, I suspect touchdowns, uh, touchdowns, and touchdowns, and I think targets. I think they're just a better offense quicker next year, which they eventually rounded into form. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he was carrying them through the first, I don't know, four to eight weeks last year, and he had some really nice weeks in that. I feel like they're just like a good offense from week one, and that means a lot of snaps. That means a lot of drives. That means a lot more touchdowns. I think it's basically the the quick answer is why the market is where they are on him and why I'm not is I think the market's just assuming positive regressions, uh, mm, touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's certainly part of it. I mean, for that many attempts, five touchdowns is low. Yep. Um, I, I just think they're going to be they, – I think they were fine offensively last year. I think we think of them a little bit higher than they were, uh, maybe because people have that like Chargers playoff game in mind where they were down by like 28 or something and just went nuclear. But I think just from week one, they are a really good offense, like top eight-ish offense – and if you have a young running back that, uh, yeah, has competition, but it's like rookie competition, it's not like solidified, and should be the pass catching back, and should be the breakaway rusher, like, take the name off the guy. Like, I think I want 
some of that. But I'm not super convicted on my Travis Etienne um, beliefs. I just, I just, he's in this tier for sure. I don't know exactly where he lives. Yeah, I, I, and another reason I backed off him is they have the 29th ranked offensive line. Again, still moved the ball last year, and, and Trevor Lawrence is just going up like a rocket ship. So, yeah, no, I think they're going to have a solid offense. Um, I just don't want to. Not not for me, not on that high of a price point. Um, uh, we did talk a little bit uh, with Chuck about Jameer Gibbs. I mean, not a ton more to say, but uh, <laughs> there, it, it kind of, I mean, I've considered putting him in my top eight, you know, like mm-hmm. he's that sort of ability watching his tape. It's just so much fun. He's got, I, saw, I think I saw he had a like a four minute and 30 minute, you know, clip. And then he had another that was like 12 minutes. <laughs> I watched the 4:30 and I'm like I can't wait to see the fucking full 12 minutes like this mm-hmm. this dude he is a highlight real highlight machine and you know what he was able to do in the SEC is it was very impressive and you know being taken that high 12th overall the, we know they're going to use him the Lions are going to use the shit out of him they have one of the best offensive lines in football and it's going to be a lot of uh, occasional first and second downs. He may even take some drives off, but he's going to get a ton of passes. I mean, one of the best catching back pass catching backs out of the draft we've seen in a while, actually, um, for a guy that does play that kind of has that kind of volume. Um, and again, they showed they can do it last year uh, with David Montgomery. You know, despite Swift being hurt, now you're looking at a guy who's, I mean, the amount of touches he's going to get are probably going to creep past two fifty especially for a rookie. We know that kind of draft capital. So, um, yeah, giddy up on Jameer Gibbs. I know you got him. What was the number you had on him? Ninth overall. Yeah, yeah he's just a weapon, F10. man. He's just a weapon. Watching those dudes in the draft room, like, talk about why they wanted him and then get so excited. Like, that, you know, that's a reaction like, oh, this guy can change our offense. Like, this guy can, if I, just the things they can do, I think, to help. Amon Ross St. Brown and him play off each other. I don't think we're quite grasping like, yeah, they got rid of Hawkinson. So that's a little confusing on the pass game. I think their answer is this guy. Like, yeah, you don't need to invest or develop an outside receiver. If we're going to have Gibbs out there and then bring some thunder with Montgomery and have enough with St. Brown to like convert first downs. Like, I can see a path forward for their offense where it's not, like, super explosive. It's not, like, greatest show on turf, but it's, like, we're going to get first downs. We're moving the ball. Um, And obviously the issue last year was, like, (laughs) converting those drives in something that wasn't just a fall forward into the end zone situation with Jamal Williams. But I I can see a path forward for that offense in which they're cooking and Gibbs is the second wide receiver. Makes sense, especially the first part of the year when Jam- there's no Jamison. Don't don't even know what Jamison's going to be when he does come back. Yeah. But, yeah, with just a Monroe and just kind of a collection of dudes, uh, I mean, it's early, so we'll see how many third downs he's getting. You know, again, the, the, the risk always with a rookie is – they get in there and they don't know the pass protection. And that's the one thing, you know, that always kind of I'm trepidatious about with rookies is that sometimes they get yanked out of there because they're just, they just don't want to get the quarterback killed and they haven't picked up on the schemes yet. So that's, 
I think that's should should be something you should always look at with rookies um, if you're expecting a ton of third down volume. Um, so, uh, you know, other than that, I would have Gibbs even a little higher. But mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with him at ten, Ramondre eleven, and I had Kenneth Walker at the third uh, as a pretty decisive uh, tier cutoff for me. Um, just love what the Seattle running backs have been doing consistently, even with a below average offensive line for years now. And um, of course they drafted Charbonneau, Charbonnet and uh, you know, they're, you know, they've always figured out a way to, <laughs> to, to pop a top 15, top 10 guy, despite, you know, like I said, the shit offensive line play, you know, and last year, <laughs> Who predicted Geno Smith to be that good? I don't know if he can repeat it, but they added, you know, JSN as a receiver. I think their offense is going to be as good. I don't want to say it's going to be better because I think the schedule is a, a bit tougher. And uh, teams, you know, Geno wasn't as good down the stretch last year, which is something to be concerned about with their offense. But um, Kenneth Walker, to me, it's kind of a home run hitter. Needs to learn a little bit, you know, running between the tackles. He struggled in the red zone just a little bit, um, but I, I have a hard time believing that as long as he's healthy, he's not going to be putting up top 15 numbers uh, for running backs. Yeah, that this last tier that is 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, for just like sneak preview and full transparency, there's a 13, 14, which is Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall for me. Mm-hmm. That's that chunk of running backs that I'm splitting hairs on, trying to figure out okay, do I want to reach for Gibbs and be ahead of the curve on that? Or do I want to be disciplined to my tiers and take the last guy of a tier, right? Um, but Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker would be my 13-14 right behind this this list. So um, was that your 12? Is that all 12? That's 12 for me. That's 12? All right, so recap. Uh, for me, uh, B. John Robinson is one. Christian McCaffrey's two. Josh Jacobs, three. Austin Eckler, four. Tony Pollard, five. That's the end of that top tier to me. And this next chunk is, is three guys. Uh, Nick Chubb at six. Saquon Barkley at seven. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson at eight. Uh, tier break there. Uh, last group here is Jameer Gibbs at nine. Travis Etienne at 10. Derrick Henry at 11. And Joe Mixon at 12. I'll run them down. Uh, Eckler, one. McCaffrey, two. Nick Chubb, three. Saquon four, Josh Jacobs fifth, Tony Pollard sixth, Bijan seventh, Derek Henry number eight, Joe Mixon number nine, Jameer Gibbs number ten, Ramondre Stevenson number eleven, and Kenneth Walker the third to round out the twelve. And if you really want to be safe, uh, put those in a blender and do your average. Maybe you'll really get a truer, <laughs> truer ranking system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get you to creep up on on Bijan over the over the next week. Don't worry about it. I'll 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 do my tricks. I mean, I'm already thinking about it, but yeah, it, I mean, it's I, all these things you said. I mean, they could easily come true. And you know, again, I think we all I have a certain tier cut off right there between seven and eight. So it's like a top seven for me. I don't have really much difference between one and seven, honestly. Yeah. Well, awesome. There's our top twelve running backs for the 2023 season, at least in uh, in redraft. Um, so yeah, use those accordingly, and then. Obviously, for me, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, probably 13th, 14th that I couldn't squeeze into this list, but I'm cheating and mentioning them now. So, (laughs) um, yeah, that's our top 12 RBs for this season.